Thank you very much, Rabbi Bieberfeld, for the very sweet, perhaps undeserved introduction. Uh, it's indeed a schuss to be here. Bereshus, first, Paiskin Bechpaid Achsanyon, and to be Neitel Rishus from the Achsanyon, Bereshus, Chashav Rishkeil, Shlita, Rabbi Bieberfeld, Skan Rishkeil, Rabbi Zephyrin, the Chashav Yingalite, the Kala Kadosh, the Chashav Kehila. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful community that is welcoming me here this evening. So, uh, first of all, Freilich and Chanukah, Chanukah Sameach, and happy Chanukah to everyone. Um, as the Rosh Kailul just mentioned, tonight is the fifth night of Chanukah. And my daughter shared with me something interesting earlier this evening when we were lighting by the Hadlaka. So my daughters told me that tonight is a very auspicious night. Fifth night of Chanukah is an auspicious night because... What? Get the gelts. Get the gelts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they told me, though, the fifth night of Chanukah, we're already now... There's more or than chayshech. There's more light than darkness tonight. So it's a very auspicious night because we've gone halfway through the Chanukah. So you know, even through last night it was like mechza mechza, four lit and four unlit. The fifth night of Chanukah, the majority of the, of the branches already lit. There's more light than darkness. They said, they told me that it's a very auspicious night tonight for davening. I'm not sure if there's a real source for this idea. It could be just one of these ideas that your daughters bring home. But either way, it's a very nice idea. And... Uh, Presumably an auspicious night to be getting together here with everyone. Every night of Chanukah is, 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 is special. Um, to share a few thoughts and ideas, I think we'll break it up with Rishos uh, from the Dan Hala. Share maybe some questions. Maybe we'll sing a little bit, I'm, I'm assuming, afterwards in between. Then maybe try to put some of the questions together. Try to try to tie some so some of the questions, some, some of the loose threads threads. Uh, and maybe we'll first share those threads, see where those threads go. Um, so just to throw out a few questions on Hanukkah. The first question I'd like to uh, present to the Tzibor is, uh, so we, we know that Hanukkah, of course, celebrates our victory over the Yavanim, the Greeks, and, and Greece makes it into the, to the list of the, it's called the, the Big Four, it's the Big Four. The four empires, the four evil empires that put Kleisel, cast Kleisel into four exiles. We know there's four Gullius, four exiles that our sages speak about. And each of those exiles was, was, was predicated by another empire, big world empire that sent us into an exile. So we have four Gullius and we find this list of four, there's four, always four, never more, never less. And Yavan, the Greek empire, is number three out of the four. And Chazal find, our sages find references to this list of four in many different places. We start with Babel, <clears throat> who uh, destroyed the first temple and sent us into the Gullus of ba- Babylon for 70 years. Parazamadai, who took over. We were in exile unto them. And this Yavan, of course, it's the Greeks, and the final one is the Gullus Adam, the, 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 the <clears throat> exile that was precipitated by the Roman Empire. We're still waiting to get out of. And the question is, how did the Greek Empire make it onto this list? How did they make it onto this list of Gullus? Where's the Gullus exactly? Where was the Gullus of Yavan? Where was the exile of Greece? And, and it's kind of like, you know, one of these questions you get on the, the college entrance exams where they show you like four pictures and you have to figure out which one doesn't fit in, right? So if we have the four exiles and we ask which one doesn't fit in, it's clearly the Greek exile. The other exiles were exiles. These are proper exiles. Gaulus Bavel, Nebuchadnezzar came to destroy the base of Mikdash. He sent us out of our homeland. Base of Mikdash is up in smoke and flames, and we're in bubble for 70 years. Parts of Mother, we're still in exile. 
the Beis HaMikdash is frozen, we started reconstructing it, started rebuilding it, Achashverosh puts a freeze on it, again, the Beis HaMikdash is affected, and the last one, the Roman Empire comes again, destroys the Beis HaMikdash and sends us out of Eretz Yisrael. The Greeks, we were in Eretz Yisrael from beginning to end, <coughs> we never went anywhere. The Greeks made life a little bit unpleasant, that's true. We didn't go anywhere, we stayed in Eretz Yisrael the entire time. And the Beis HaMikdash was never touched. Beis HaMikdash, not, okay, that's not correct to say, but it was never destroyed. Beis HaMikdash was never broken, it was never burnt to the ground. They were metamim many things, they broke a lot of things, they knocked some holes in some walls, but the Beis HaMikdash didn't really go anywhere. There's only two Beis HaMikdashes so far. There isn't the Beis HaMikdash before the Greeks and after the Greeks. Right? There would have been three, we would be awaiting the fourth. There's one Beis HaMikdash that stood for 420 years, Chazal don't call it two. Where's the exile exactly? What was the Gaulus Yavan? Where's the <coughs> exile that happened unto the Greeks? Why do we call the Gaulus? Uh, other, other, we suffered other tragedies that seem to be, uh, have, uh, that, that, that seem to have had more of an adverse effect. The Plishtim came and destroyed the Mishkan and ran off with the Iron Kaddish. We don't call that a Gaulus. That's not a Gaulus. Why is Yavan called the Gaulus? How did they make this, this list called it? Soras Yavan, Sheba, the, 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 the travails, the suffering of Greece. But why Gaulus? That's one question I think that needs to be asked. Let's ask another question also. So we know uh, there's a whole Talmudic discussion about this. And we know that the halacha is, after a bit of a back and forth in the Gemara, one of the better known <clears throat> pieces of, of lambdas and, and uh, halachic areas that we encounter in Hanukkah is this concept called halacha oisah mitzvah, that the action, that the critical action that performs that we do, wherein we are performing the the mitzvah of the menorah is the lighting. The lighting, the mitzvah is done through the lighting as opposed to the menorah entertains another possibility, perhaps it's hanacha, that setting up the menorah, placing a lit menorah in the right place, that's the mitzvah. So the Gemara entertains it, the Gemara rejects it, and it ends up, it's not even a machlaik, it's not even a debate in the Gemara. The, the conclusion, the clear conclusion, the Gemara, without any, without any, um, you know, dissenting opinions in the end is hadlaka oisa mitzvah, as we refer to it. How did Chazal set up and structure the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah? The mitzvah is done by lighting. That makes a lot of differences in halacha, a lot of nafkaminas, where it has to be when you light it, what has to be going on, and what the environment has to look like when you light it. Okay, but that's how it works. That's how Chazal set up the mitzvah. The mitzvah, the menorah is performed through the lighting, not through the placing, not through the placement, not through the setup, not through the moving it around, not through the lighting itself. Everybody knows that we light the menorah to commemorate the menorah that was uh, that, that burned miraculously in the base Hamikdash. Everyone knows that there's a link over here that our menorah evokes the menorah of, of the Second Temple era that was lit by the Chashmanoim. They only had one one uh, oil for one night and burned for eight nights. So, so the link is, is well known. We don't have to get into that. The question is, it's a little strange that Chazal. Our sages, when they created this mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah, they set it up in such a way that seems to be at odds, at odds halachically with how the original menorah itself worked in the Beis HaMikdash. How, how, how the hadlaka, the lighting of the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash, how that was set up and how that was structured, the parameters of that mitzvah. And, and it's actually an opposite. There's, there's, there's a Rambam out there that's pretty well known. The Rambam says, that the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash did not have to be lit by a Kohen, and it didn't even have to be lit in the Beis HaMikdash itself. Says the Rambam, <coughs> if they really wanted to, they could take the menorah out of the 
heichol out of the first chamber there, the Beis Hamikdash. They could take it outside to the courtyard, all the way to the, where where the Yisraelim were allowed to 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 stand, and you could have a Yisrael, a Yisrael, an Israelite, one of us, one one of some of us, right? Now we have some Levim over here, presumably Kaihanim also. Okay, I'm a, I'm Yisrael. I'm Yisrael. I'm probably not alone in the room. A Yisrael was allowed to light the menorah, and then they would bring the menorah back into the heichol. Why? So, the the, the um, commentators is a famous Reb Chaim Halevi, Reb Chaim Salavetrik. He establishes the mitzvah of the menorah in the base of was not the lighting. That wasn't the mitzvah. The mitzvah was ensuring that there was a lit menorah in the right place. In other words, Hanacha. Hanacha is the mitzvah. The mitzvah of the menorah in the base of was the Hanacha, not the Hadlaka. Making sure you have a lit menorah set up in the right place. The lighting itself was not the mitzvah. Agav. What? 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 It, it's it's Hanukkah with a twist. It's Hanukkah with a t- excellent question. It's Hanukkah is a mitzvah. No, in fact, it is good. What do you mean? Right. Raja says you do have to relight. He's asking if, if it's Hanukkah is a mitzvah based on mikdash. That's why you have to relight. Yeah, he's asking by by Hanukkah. It's Ein Zokukla. Ein Zokukla. Why Hanukkah is a mitzvah? If you wanna, if you wanna say it, it, it should be parallel. Oh no, that, that yeah, I, I'm asking. That's part of my question. Sure, sure, good question. I agree. That's part of the question. Sure, sure, hundred percent, hundred percent. That, that's that. That's I agree. That's that's part of the difficulty over here. <coughs> um, part of the difficulty that we're presenting in the Beis Hamikdash, the mitzvah, the mitzvah was not done with the lighting because a Yisrael can light doesn't even have to be lit in the right place. Light it outside the Beis Hamikdash, light it in the courtyard, and then bring it back in. Um, the, the there's a a um, Balei Toisus have a parish on Chumash, and uh, something interesting that he points out in Parshas Truma. When when uh, when Kleisel is instructed with the materials that they have to put together to build the Mishkan, so they have the whole list of items that that, that Kleisel had to uh, had to amass, had to contribute for the building of the Mishkan. So we have zav tchelus and nechayshes, zav kesef and tchelus for argaman, precious metals and 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 dyed fabrics. On the list of materials that goes into the construction of the Mishkan is shemen lama or. One of the materials that's listed is oil for lighting the menorah. That's that's a construction material. Who's anyone in construction over here? I'm in construction. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. I do somebody was. He's also in construction. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, you know, if you're looking at the Mishkan, the base on Mikdash from a, a, a you know, like the construction, you know, the, 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 the contractor's perspective, you get a list of items that anything you do that's on the shopping list, you're not gonna put oil from the nar on the shop. I wouldn't think so, right? You had a lot of materials, the gold, the silver, the copper, the, the, the fabrics. Sure, that you need. Why is oil on the on the list in, in the beginning of Truma? So it says the Bali Tais, it's an idea that goes very nicely together with the, with this uh, Reb Chaim. He says that the menorah was part of the setup of the base of, of the Mishkan. It wasn't it wasn't like a carbon. They weren't, they're, they're, the carbonists aren't on the list over there. It doesn't say, and the Kleisel should send cows and, and, and goats and sheep. That's not on the list, but the oil is on the list. It says the, the, the Bali Taisus, they say over the Das Ganem, says that 
the oil, the, the menorah was, was part of what we call like the tzura, the setup, the appearance of, of the mishkan, and, and by extension, the appearance of the base hamikdash. It wasn't uh, like a, 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 a sacrificial type of activity. It wasn't being makriv something to Hashem, doing an avoido um, through the lighting. It was rather, says the Daskanim, that the, 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 the mishkan has to be illuminated. It has to be a nice, well lit place. And the menorah is there to, it's kabit hakadosh baruchu, that his house should be illuminated. So that goes very nicely together with the Shabchaim, but, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, okay, so the mitzvah of the menorah in the Beisai Mikdash was the Hanukkah, not the Hadlaka, ensuring that there's a lit menorah in the right place. And that's why Kav says Alkoglav. That's why when it goes out, the Raja says in the Shuvah that if it goes out, you have to relight it because the mitzvah is to ensure that the house of God is well lit, is illuminated. Why would Chazal? In giving us a mitzvah ledairus for generation, all generation for all time, they're giving us a mitzvah to light the menorah once a year to remember, to commemorate the menorah that was relit with <coughs> the miraculous eight-day oil the, of, of the times of Hashanahim. Why would they structure a way that was opposite the way it was in the base on Mikdash? Very strange. Let's ask a third question. <clears throat> so we know there's a whole discussion, a whole to do, if um, if. Uh, we should be we should be eating right now, eating and drinking. Really, maybe we should just be singing and sharing, sharing Torah. There's a whole to do in the commentators and in, in, in the poskim. If Hanukkah is a time for, if Hanukkah, I'm not saying you're not allowed to eat. You should eat this is delicious food and yummy latkes. Um, but but there's a question if Hanukkah, if there's a concept of simcha, mishta v'simcha and Hanukkah. Is Hanukkah time to have meals? Is Hanukkah time to have to have uh, Victuals by your get-together, by, by your Mesiba. Or is it just a time to sing praises of Hashem and to share Torah? Um, and in that regard, it would be different than other Yom Tovim. So there's a big debate about this. Uh, <coughs> Mechaber decides, the, the Shulchan Aruch, he, he decides in Halacha, there's no concept of eating, there's no concept of having meals. The Rambam disagrees. The commentators bring down a whole whole slew of opinions that also disagree with the Mechaber and believe there is a concept of, of Simcha. And the Ramah... The Ramah, first in Dark Emotion, the tour, in his commentary on the tour, and then in Shulchan Aruch, he, he kind of suggests a, a, maybe a bit of a compromise. And he says there is an idea to have meals on Hanukkah, one should have meals, and he provides the following justification. Really two justifications, when you put the whole thing together. Says the Ramah, even if you'll say that the miracles of Hanukkah don't justify having meals, for whatever the reason is, without getting into that right now, there's different explanations given. Even you'll say that the Hanukkah miracle is the miracle of the oil. That's not sufficient grants to have parties, to have meals, to eat. But he says there's two other reasons that, that do justify this concept of having meals on Hanukkah. What are the two other reasons? Says the Ramah. First of all, during the eight days of Hanukkah, the Hashmanoyim rededicated the Mishkan, the Mesa Mikdash. There was a dedication, they re-inaugurated, they made a Chanukah HaMizbeach, a Chanukah HaMishkan. They rededicated the Mishkan, the Mesa Mikdash rather, for eight days. So that is already grounds for us to have a party, we call the Chanukah parties, the Chanukah Mesiba, the Latkes and the donuts and everything. He brings in another reason also. He alludes to a second reason. And the second reason is, interesting reason, the um, Medrash tells us that Chaf Hei Kislev, the 25th day of Kislev, which is our Hanukkah, which is when the miracle of Hanukkah occurred, was already a significant date on the Jewish calendar. Something else already happened on the 25th day of Kislev. Thousands of years previously. What happened on the 25th day of Kislev? 
So the Medrash tells us that that's when Klai Yisrael finished constructing, again, construction comes in over here, they finished constructing all the kalim, all the vessels for the Mishkan back in the Midbar, after the Cheda Egel, after they sinned with the golden calf. So they were given a reprieve, they were given a second chance, they were given an ability to redeem themselves from the Rebbeinah Shalaylam, and that came in the form of making a Mishkan, make the base, make, make a Mishkan. So they got to work right after Yom Kippur, they started uh, collecting and contributing, and they were building and hammering and sawing and, and sewing, and the Medrash says that on the 25th day of Kislev is when they finally finished everything. Everything was done, the 25th day of Kislev, that year. So it took them a few months, but it didn't take a very long time. And Klai Yisrael presented everything to Moshe, and they were ready to go. Let's go. Let's build a mishkan. Let's let's let let let's get let let's put it together. Let's let's put it together. They brought it to Moshe, and the Rebbeinu Shalalim told Moshe, "It's not time yet. No, 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 no. Right time to construct a mishkan, to put the whole thing together, and actually have the dedication. The Chanukah Hamishkan is not till Nisan. Nisan is when the Avos were born. Nisan is the that's the right month in the calendar. That's the 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 propitious <coughs> time to have the Chanukah Hamishkan. We're going to wait for Nisan." was ready to go on the 25th day of Kislev and and the Rebbeinshom recognized that and said look even though we had to make a delay but the, but but being that the 25th day of Kislev was the right that was the day that everything was ready to go we're going to make it up we're going to do a Tashlumen we're going to make it up to this day on the calendar and 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 um some you know a few thousand years hence there's going to be a different dedication, the, the rededication of the Beis HaMikdash in the times of the Hashem that's how we're going to repay the 25th day of Kislev. Okay, so Ad Khan, that, that's, this is, the, uh, this is the, the, the words of the Medrash, what the Medrash shares with us. And the Ramah calls both of these ideas, puts them together, and, and he says that since the 25th day of Kislev was A, the time that the Hashem dedicated the Beis HaMikdash, rededicated the Beis HaMikdash, the times of the Greeks, and it was supposed to be the original Chanukah of the Mishkan in the times of the Midbar. Therefore, there's an idea to have parties. We should eat. We should have a party. Shav Mishta Vesimcha. It's coming from, from a combination of those two ideas. Okay, so we have justification now for all the latkes and the donuts and the fried food. Not that we ever need justification for, uh, for, for food, but we have one if we're looking for it. And the question is like this. I think the final question that has to be asked over here is as follows. It's a little strange, again, a little perplexing. Why do we have meals on Hanukkah, says the Ramah? Because this was supposed to be the Hanukkah of the Mishkan back in the Midbar, and this was the Hanukkah, the dedication of the Beis HaMikdash in the times of the Hashemunayim. Where were the meals back in the Midbar? If we're having meals now because this was supposed to be the dedication of the Mishkan, you would expect to find meals by, by the actual dedication of the Mishkan. As we say in Talmudics, right? Like the offshoot, the product can't be any more significant than the source. If the source for this, if the source for, for, for the 25th day of Kislev, the makeup is, it's a makeup for what happened in the Midbar. Who says anything about having meals the first 12 days of Nisan? You're supposed to have meals. It's not brought down anywhere. No one says anything like that. You don't say Tachnun. Okay, you don't say Tachnun. We lay in the Kree every day of that, of that Nazi, but it doesn't say anywhere. No one brings this down. That there's an idea of having a suda every day of those 12 days because that was the Chanukah HaMishkan. When did we make meals for the Chanukah HaMishkan? And why, <coughs> therefore, if we don't find meals by the original Chanukah HaMishkan, that's not brought down as a cause, as, as, as a reason for Mishta Vesimcha by the original Chanukah HaMishkan, the fact that this should have been the Chanukah HaMishkan, that's more of a reason for a meal than the original Chanukah HaMishkan. Again, a bit perplexing, so I'd like to leave everyone maybe with these three questions 
to uh, to chew over, and and we'll we'll get back to it soon. We'll get back to it shortly. Sure, of course. Right. Okay, so we gave them some time to think about these uh, questions. I'm sure everyone's developed their own approaches, their own insights and breakthroughs, but I'm going to share an idea. They try to tie things together. So let's begin with the last question. How could it be that the tuffle is indeed chamrim and ikr, that the, the, you know, the secondary, the, the, the late effect of the Chanukah HaMishkan, which was supposed to happen on the 25th of Kislev, Chavchik Kislev, results in the Suda, when the original Chanukah HaMishkan, there's no Sudas over there, we don't eat meals over there. So we return to the Medrash that's cited by the Ramah. The Medrash says something interesting. It says, as we mentioned, that Klai Yisrael came to Moshe with everything assembled, everything finished on the 25th of Kislev. The Medrash says they came with, with an enthusiasm, with a fervor, with an excitement. They said, we're ready to go, Moshe. And Moshe gave them the answer, the, 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 the response from, from the Rebbein Shalom, no, no, we're waiting till Nisan. The Medrash says, Milmalu. Milmalu, but they, they didn't accept this well, it didn't go down well. They were, they were, they were, they were muttering, there was, there was, they were muttering and, 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 and murmuring and, 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 and uh, you know, there was, there, was, there, was, there, was, there was a lot of tumult. They were tumulting about it. Didn't go down well. They weren't happy about this. Kleisel was not happy. They weren't ready for this delay. They weren't ready to have things pushed off. They wanted it. They wanted to do it. They, they wanted to make a dedication. They wanted to kick the Mishkan off. They wanted to get things going. They were not happy until Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave them this this uh, assurance that don't worry, I'm going to make it up to you. I'm going to make it up to 25th of Kislev. I'm going to make it up to Chafet Kislev in the times of the Chashmonaim. So then we, we we zoom in over there on this part of the Medrash and focus in on this. We see something amazing. The Tashlumen that happens on the Chafei Kislev of the, the, the story of Hanukkah, of the Chashmanoyim, isn't just making up what should have been the dedication of the Mishkan back then. It's capturing a certain moment in time. It's capturing a certain emotion that Kleisrael had. It's capturing a certain fervor, a certain enthusiasm that Kleisrael had. It's bottling it up and it's saving it for you know a few thousand years down the road till the right time. But it's saving that Nomalu, that idea of Klai Yisrael wasn't ready to accept this. No, we want to make the Mishkan now. That's what the Sudas are celebrating the, to a certain degree. That's what Hanukkah is really taking note of. What does that mean? So the Beis HaMikdash has two aspects to it. And as did the original Mishkan. The Mishkan is described in Parshas Trumo when the Torah talks about making the Mishkan. Back to back we have two different spins that are put on the Mishkan that seem to be contradictory. <clears throat> Vasuli Mikdash Vishakanti Besoichai. Make a Mikdash Vishakanti and I'll be Shaykhain there. The Mishkan itself is already called a Mikdash, but it's also called a Mishkan. We call it a Mishkan, but it's called a Mikdash. Mikdash and Mishkan. Mikdash is obviously related to the concept of Kedusha, something that's elevated, something that's holy, something that's overwhelming, something that's much higher than us. That's a Mikdash, something that's very, very um, out of our reach. Something that makes us very small. A mishkan is the opposite. A mishkan is the relate to the lashon of shchenus, of of being together, being side by side with someone with the shchina, the shchina itself. So is it a mishkan or is it a mikdash? And obviously it's both aspects. There's an aspect to the mikdash, which is this is the rebbeinu's house, it's Hashem's bias, and this is overwhelming. This is the, the infinite is over here, 
And there's an idea of Mishkan, of having a connection of, of the Ahava, which goes together with the year of the Mikdash. When we're creating the, the, the Mikdash, the Yira, the, the, the fear, the awe, the awe of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the overwhelming infinitude of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so you can't make a suda for that. We're very small where there's no room for us to celebrate, us to eat and drink. We're, we're overwhelmed or overpowered by the mikdash. You don't make meals. It's inappropriate. See, Klayaso, there was a critique on Klayaso by Harsinai, which is all about the era. Where they ate and they drank. There was a, there was a, a critique on Klayaso for, for having that, 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 that laxness over there. When, when it's here, when there's a mikdash, it's not a time for us to eat and drink. It's a time... For Halun Hoida, it's time to praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is time to recognize the grandeur of Hashem. A Mishkan, a Mishkan, when it's all about our Ahava, our <clears throat> personal connection, our personal ability and interest, interest in having a connection with Hashem, the Cheshek, the, the enthusiasm, that's all about us. That's something that brings us an, in a personal way into the picture, that's something that we can celebrate with a meal, because we're here, we're present now. We can have a Suda. This moment in time that's captured on Chafei Kisle back in the Midbar is a time of Ahava. It's a time of Kla Yisrael reaching out and with, with this cheshik, with this rats and with this passion, uh, this, this tumulting and, 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 and the tumult, the tumult over there in Kla Yisrael that we're not ready to wait a few months. Rebbein has to calm them down by saying, okay, we're going to hold off on that. But that moment is a moment of Ahava. It's a moment of Shechem, it's a moment of a Mishkan. <clears throat> it's a Mishkan moment and and taking that further if not only we want to preserve that bottle that up and save that for the right time if we make the Chanukah HaMishkan right now instead of making it a Nisan if we make it right now in Chofek Hislev then we lose that we actually lose that because the Mishkan has to start with Yira we have to start with this awe the, 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 the overwhelming of what Hashem really is understanding how, how awesome and mighty and, and, and uh, infinite Hashem is compared to us. When you start with, uh, with, with the year, when you start with that, then we have an approach. We can both try to overcome that with Ava. You have to start with the year and then move to the Ava. You have to first understand the basics of the relationship between how great Hashem is and how small we are. Then the Ava comes next to try to overcome that. The Mishkan has to begin with Yira. If we have the Chanukah HaMishkan, on Chafei Kislev, we lose the Ahava. This moment in time of Kalaiso's passion will be eclipsed, will be eclipsed by the Yira, the Mikdash aspect that has to come together with the Chanukah. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, we're going to hold off till Nisan, we're going to begin over there, and that's going to be the inception of the, of the Mishkan properly <coughs> in this foundation of Yira. But this moment in time, this Ahava, this Cheshek, this Ratzin, that you, you're so interested in the connection, you're so interested in being close to me, we're not going to lose that, that's going to be safe for the right moment in time for Hanukkah. And the timing couldn't be any better. Hanukkah is the auspicious time, is the proper and appropriate time for this, because that's what the Hashemunayim themselves did. The whole, the whole turnaround of the Hashemunayim, the whole movement of the Hashemunayim, was the Mila Hashem Eli, as, as the, again, as the Mepharshim tells, the Bach famously tells us that there was a certain amount of, of uh, lacklusterness in the general avoida, the general attitude of Kleisel at that moment in time, at that, at that era in history, in, during that era, we had, had come to take avoida for granted, based on mikdash for granted, a lot of things were taken for granted, things had become routine and dull. There was a lack of ahava, a lack of rutzen, a lack of personal interest, a lack of that passion. The passion was very much lacking. 
the Chashmanoyim come and they reignite the passion, they reignite the fervor, they reignite the Cheshek and Kleiser with this Mila Hashem Eloi, and they're able to best the Greeks to defeat the Yavanim and to rededicate the Beis Hamikdash. The Chanukah <coughs> of the Chashmanoyim is again the same kind of Chanukah, it's a Chanukah of this Ahava, of this Cheshek, of this passion, of, 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 of wanting to be involved once again in the best way possible with the Rebbeinu Shalayim. And this is the right time to bring, to summon and bring to the table Chafei Kislev, what Chafei Kislev was supposed to be back in the Midbar. That moment of Numaluba, of Kleisro refusing to accept the delay of Kleisro coming with this, with the Cheshek, with the fervor that we need to have a Chanukah, we need to, to, to be close to Hashem. Now is the right time to make that <clears throat> Tashlumen, to bring it back in once again. This calls for a Seuda. The original Chanukah of the Mishkan back in the Midbar, there's no room for a Seuda over there again because we're starting the Mishkan without that attitude, without that foundation, rather with the Mikdash aspect, the aspect of it being Yira, of starting off with, with, with the perspective and the perception of Hashem being so great and us being so small. Yira, there's no meals over there. The meals come when we're involved, we're here in a personal way with our passion, our Cheshach, with our Ratzin. And this brings us to Galus Yavan. Yavan is a Galus. Yavan, the Greek Empire, is responsible for a Galus. Where's the Galus? Where'd Kleisol go? We didn't go anywhere. We stayed in Eretz the whole time. The Beis Hamikdash more or less stayed intact. It was never destroyed. It was never rebuilt. It was rededicated, but never rebuilt, never destroyed. Where's the Galus of Yavan? Smaral says a fascinating idea. He says the three, the first three Galus, Bavel, then Parzamadai, and then Yavan, says the Maral parallel three different aspects of, of the human being. There's the physical, there's... Um, there's a, we exist on a level of emotions, a level of midas, a level of feelings, and then we exist on a level of, of intellect, of ruts and of drive. Yavan was the, was the gullus of the drive, of the intellect. The drive, the intellect, the, the interest. That's where the gullus of Yavan shows up, and that's where the gullus of Yavan was felt. A gullus of the mind, a gullus of the attitude. That's not something you see. I can see someone's actions... I can see someone's meat this very easy to see if a person has anger management issues or doesn't. If he's stingy or generous, you see that right away, you see it from a mile away. A person's mycin, you see that immediately. A person's attitude, a person's feelings towards something, a person's mental attitude, his interests, you don't always see that. You don't, you don't, a person can keep that well hidden. You can actually keep that well hidden. That's in the area of the seichel. That's where the gullus of Yavan was. It was, it was an inner gullus, a gullus on a panemius level, a gullus of, of the mind, a gullus of the attitude, a gullus of the feeling, of, of, of the, of the um, ruts and of the interest. And therefore the gullus itself is a sort of a hidden gullus. It's a gullus that comes when Kleisol is still in Eretz Yisrael. It's a gullus that comes when we still have the base Hamikdash. Because the whole concept, the whole notion of gullus Yavan is that we can have a gullus in, in an area that's a little bit more locked away. In an area that's hidden from, from my surroundings that people around me don't pick up on. It was the gallus of the ruts and the collective passion and cheshek and interest of Klaiso was a gallus in which the Avaida had become an Avaida that was compulsory. We were doing it because we needed to do it. That's not an Avaida of Ahava, that's <coughs> an Avaida of Yira. Avaida because we're afraid to do otherwise. The gallus of Yavin is on the same level, it's the gallus of, of, of uh, on, on, on a more of a panemius inner hidden level from, from, the, from, the, from, a, from a, you know, a rough, distant perspective. I wouldn't even call this a gallus, yes, because it's an inner gallus. It's a hidden gullus. <clears throat> Kleisel needs to overcome that gullus by making the correct tikkun, by perfecting what went wrong there in the level of the attitude, the interest, the rutzen, the passion, and that's what drives Yavan out. 
And finally, what about the Hadlaka Isa Mitzvah versus Hanacha Isa Mitzvah? So again, it's the same idea of Mikdash versus Mishkan. Yes, in the Beis HaMikdash, the Mitzvah of the Menorah is fulfilled through the Hanacha, ensuring that there's a Menorah that's lit in the Beis HaMikdash because my Mitzvah in the Beis HaMikdash is all about creating the environment for the Beis Hashem. All about Hashem's house should be eliminated, illuminated, illuminated. Hashem's house should be lichtig, Hashem's house should be lit up by the Menorah that's creating the right environment for HaKadosh Baruch Hu because of his grandeur, because of how great and mighty he is. I have to ensure that his house has a Menorah. I'm not there at all. I'm not doing anything. My Hadlok is doing a mitzvah, my Hadlok is garnished. I'm there just to make sure HaKadosh Baruch Hu's house is taken care of. I'm not really involved. That's, again, that's Yira, that's the Mikdash. The Neis Chanukah and the Mitzvah Chanukah is all built around this idea of the Milmaluba, the fact that Kla Yisrael after the year, after the Mikdash, we're pining, we're yearning for a closeness with Hashem. We want that, we, we've reignited through the leadership of the Hashem in a very impassioned way. We're interested in this connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So for all generations, the mitzvah of the Menorah is <coughs> our action, our Maisa, the Hadlaka Isa mitzvah. No, here we do something. We want to be involved. We want to, we want to apply that rutz and we want to apply that interest, we want to create that connection. The mitzvah is dafka, our actions, not making sure that Hashem has something, but us being involved, us bringing our cheshek, our ruts on the table through the hadlaka. So this is what's going on Hanukkah time. We still have three more lights of hadlaka left, Rabbi Yisai. It's a time again for this, uh, the, 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 the clarion call of the chashvenoim, the milah, Hashem Eli, time for us to reignite our own cheshek, our own rutzen, our own fervor and passion in Yiddishkeit, and what's the best place for us really to do that, that where the Hashanah had to do it, where we have to battle. We have to make a Muhammad. You know, it's easy to say, get more into mitzvahs, get more into learning, get more into Torah. <coughs> but each of us knows where, where it's, 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 it's routine, it's lackluster. We all have our own lackluster routine areas. We all have the areas where things have become, you know, dull. That's where the Muhammad lies. That's where, 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 where uh, we can reignite that, that, that passion the most and apply that cheshik, have our own mumalu, our own refusal just to accept mitzvahs in a compulsory fashion, but to, to be involved in a very personal way, in a passionate way, we shall be zeicher, indeed, to the to continue the legacy of the Chashvanayim, the Mila Hashem Eli, and uh, to see Nisim ben Neflois and Yeshua's from the Chambas. Amen. 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 Amen.